0: Welcome to the Be Free RE Podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So, with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. All right, Mr. Anthony Angotti, welcome back to another episode. Today, we're going to be talking about what's going on
1: in this red hot real estate market saw <laughs> <What's up>, dude <laughs> um <laughs> you got me there yeah. anyway um yeah this isn't really you know keep in mind that this is our opinions are probably influenced slightly by the market that we invest in because it's not like i'm day-to-day really investing in any other in any other market but um I hear a lot of local people all the time here in Pittsburgh say like the prices are insane. I can't, this is going to crash. It's such a bubble. I can't wait till it bursts and all these things. And like real estate is cyclical, right? So eventually it's going to go down.
0: There's two rules to investing. Everything is cyclical. Don't forget don't forget the first rule. The
1: a chart that said like, "Okay, here's the graph. Tell me when it's hit the bottom."
0: Yeah. Well, no, that's not how it works. Yeah, I'm not gonna. For all like our listeners, we don't know perfect, what the future is. Is what Tony said. Can't telling. predict
1: the perfect time. Yes, correct. So that's number one. Number two is that there's never really a bad time to buy like good deals, right? So even whenever the market is frothy. Like, there's still good deals out there. You just have to work harder to find them. Yep. But people are talking about it has to tank. It's too expensive, blah, 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 blah. Number one, it might decline in the cycle. But, like, somebody show me yeah, the indicator that it's going to implode like it did during the housing crisis. Like, have okay. you seen anything that would even suggest that from anyone smarter than us? Which is everyone.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, yeah, I'm not in the prediction market. That's not yeah. the game
1: I play. I haven't seen anybody out there whose opinion I respect that says that it's going to be this massive yeah. real estate crash like it was. So number one, probably get the dream out of your head that you should just sit on the sidelines and wait for the market crash because it might go down, but... It's probably not going on like 50% sale overnight like it did. Um, Number two is that I, I tend to think about just looking at this, like people say, how in the world can people pay these prices for like a multifamily building or a rental or whatever? And I look at it like, well, the current rents, one or two things has to give right either the prices need to go down or the rents need to go up so then not being an economist i think about something very this could be wrong i don't know but i think of it very simply okay if market rent right now is at a point where the average person in a market the average tenant the average median income family can still afford more than what the median rent is then obviously there is still room for the rent to go up. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. cause they can still afford it. So the nicer areas, there's still room for rent appreciation, even the not as nice areas like rent can still go up, but once you start to get to the point where, you know, your rent is close to the median rent is getting closer and closer to where that median income for the area is now you're like, okay, well, paying top dollar for this place might not make sense because I don't know how much more... Like, Unless there's something coming to the area that's really going to boost the incomes or something like that, you're getting to the point where it's like the increasing prices for rental real estate are not really going to be able to be supported because you're not going to have tenants that can afford it. So it's like, what's the point? I mean, you can buy tighter deals if you still can foresee some rent appreciation but if there's not going to be any rent appreciation or if there's no room for it then like you're the sucker like they say a bigger sucker is born every day or whatever like you're the bigger sucker then because you're buying something that's not going to make you know make money
0: yeah i don't know for me it's like there's a couple macro factors you know real estate is fairly macro in my perspective the government is printing a lot of money. And my perspective is the markets where you see the most liquidity is where you see the, essentially the prices are being adjusted just based on how many dollars, you know, inflation essentially, right? So I think it's like 30% of the dollars in circulation were created in the last six or seven months. So, you know, yeah, pretty interesting number and stocks are up 30-ish percent. I don't know what housing is up or down nationally but housing is a pretty liquid market as well you know and wages are not as liquid right you're not going to go into your employer and be like hey they just printed this money can I get a 30% raise uh if that works for you please call the show you uh, need to write two. a book yeah, yeah. exactly uh, i'll buy your book um but anyway my my point is th- there are some in, you know pretty interesting things going on that might justify some of these higher prices And part of that is also low interest rates. So I think you just need to have a little bit of a broader perspective of, you know, um, like, is it the right time to buy the type of property you're buying? Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I have been talking to people that are trying to buy in New Jersey, New York, uh, Pittsburgh, as well as other parts of Pennsylvania and Delaware and California and Colorado. And they all have the same story right now. I go in. I can't even put in contingencies. I need a, a cash or a cash-like offer. And everything is going above asking. So yeah. nationally, it is an extremely competitive market. We're talking on April 7th right now of 2021. So it, it is it is a competitive market right now, like from my perspective. I,
1: I haven't really seen a much. Hyper, like... I mean, it's like a hyper-competitive market. Yeah. yeah.
0: I haven't seen much like this. And I can tell you, if you live near like a, an exurb of New York City, San Francisco, you know, these Denver, these major cities. Uh, I think Los Angeles is kind of a weird market anyway, but people are leaving those places, right? They're, they're like, well, why would I live in New York or Philadelphia or Chicago right now? I might as well live in the suburbs, have a yard, blah, blah, blah. And how housing prices are uh, reflecting. So, you know, this isn't my market, but it might be an interesting time to actually check out some of those cities and see like, is it actually maybe time to buy in those cities again? We're about to get vaccinated in the next two months as a country. So uh it'll be interesting to see if there's a little swing there. But yeah. Broadly I wouldn't try and like I wouldn't try and perfectly time the market to the point you were making earlier, Tony. You know, like it it's it's you know, making money and investments is easy. You buy low and sell high, right? It's like but it's very hard to know what low and high are. So I think yeah. just sticking to your fundamentals and being able to being able to weather storm where if housing prices did drop 20%, you know, in the next five years, you would be okay. Right. And you just, I think you just have to have a little bit more caution as you're approaching some of this stuff, but everybody's saying the same thing about stocks right now. Like, you know, they're saying it about everything. Everything is all time high. I mean, I think.
1: The only difference with stocks is that it's probably depends a lot on like the industries and the fundamentals of, Like some of the companies, because I got to imagine some of the companies right now, fundamentally, you're probably pretty weak.
0: Oh, well, yeah, I mean, you're kind of making my my same point, though, right? You're basically saying, hey, you know, I'm buying some kind of discounted cash flow in the future. Yeah. And these companies are weak and I'm paying the highest price I've ever paid, you know, the yeah. The s p to GDP ratio, which is like the Warren Buffett indicator is pretty high right now. You know, a, a lot of the indicators are high right now, just being very candid. It's not even a real estate thing. So uh, it probably is a time to be a, a little more judicious as you evaluate opportunities and deals. Um,
1: but if I d- you I d- have like a, if you call your portfolio a little bit, it might be useful. Like mm-hmm. if you have a portfolio of properties and you have like one that's kind of far off or annoying or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a good time to sell it. Cause we'll probably get more money than you will sometime in the next. I mean, I, like I said, I don't predict a crash, but I would say sometime in the next three to five years is probably where you'll see like a bit more of a pullback. It doesn't seem like it's going anywhere in the immediate, <clears throat> probably as soon as, I mean, I'm not a soothsayer by any means, right? but like probably as soon as two years, probably as far out as five years somewhere in that time frame. So like you said, you're probably starting to hit a bit more of a peak.
0: Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, it's like kind of what you're saying about rents, right? You can only push them up so high. To me, on the offer side in single family houses, you, you can only push it up to like so competitive. I mean, how do you get more competitive than cash above it's the asking? same concept? Like, yeah, you
1: know, ca- people ca- can only afford so much money. Like the average yeah. person in a city can only afford so much house yeah so once you start to get to the point where the average person cannot afford a house then the demand for the houses starts to go down because people just straight up can't do it Mm -hmm. and then that's what flattens off the prices a little bit and then it starts to decline because you know obviously demand slows down and supply you know supply and demand that hammocks um yeah So that's interesting. And then the other thing, um, the sort of micro thing here that I think is similar that might be keeping the market propped up a bit, the real estate market propped up a little bit more. um, There's super high demand, but we still don't really see that many people like as many people trying to sell. Mm. So it's like, there aren't more new listings coming on the market and it's kind of a weird problem right now, just from conversations with sellers as an agent where a lot of people are like, yeah, it's great that I can get a lot of money for my house, but then like, what am I going to buy? Yeah. yeah. Because most people they're going to sell their house and use their sale to pay for the down payment for their new house. So a lot of people make the decision, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just not gonna sell then. I'll wait till it cools down. So then the prices being high is also resulting in a lack of supply, which then pushes the prices higher. And it's like when eventually do people just say so they've had enough. Yes, exactly. I've had enough.
0: Yeah. Um
1: and part of it will be when interest rates go up because then obviously people can afford less money and they can less house price so
0: yeah and I th- building materials are also just really expensive right now because of yeah. su- supply chain impact from covid i don't know if the suez canal stuff impacted or not but anyway building is slowing down quite a bit a I lot of the, the builders i know are like we got
1: canal stuff probably influenced what european markets more than here huh
0: i would think i, w- I would think you know our raw it, materials it goes, are coming from china yeah
1: so yeah because they would I don't know what path things take to the United States, but I think that from the story I listened to, it affected European prices more than yeah. American prices because they get almost all of their goods through through the Suez Canal. So it's yeah. like okay. Um Yeah. Can't remember what I was gonna say there. Very professional. That's all right. But- um
0: so, like, just to recap, our high-level opinion: we we think it's a competitive market. I think you think three to five years. You know, my 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 takeaway is like, uh, not in the immediate term you'll see this. You know, return to quote-unquote normal. Um, right. And then, yeah, I, I think we're both saying in a different way. You're you're saying you're seeing it from sellers. It's like, what can I invest in? Everything is spicy and hot right now, and. From my personal perspective, I I think it's similar. You know, I see, you know, the Schiller P ratios in the equity markets are very high. Nobody wants to touch bonds, really. It's you're insane to own bonds right now. You know, real estate prices are high. So,
1: yeah, I'm like, I guess on a personal level, I don't think too much about like the macro stuff just because all of my properties are in Pittsburgh. I'm a realtor in Pittsburgh. Like for me, it's all just this metro area that I think about so like I said with rents there's still room for them to go up so like multifamily housing can still increase a little bit but eventually something's going to give and that's probably in like two to five years I would say but then also on the residential market side I've read multiple books about like what happens with cycles like as an agent how can you start to see see the the waves where do you need to adjust your business? Like, you know, because ideally when the market starts to dip, you want to build your skill set to be able to serve that market. So you want to stay ahead of on your own personal skills level where the market is. Um, And one of the indicators that they talk about in the book, just on a, a micro level is when the market starts to hit a peak, you won't see prices drop, but you'll start to see less multiple offer situations.
0: Mm.
1: So, like right now, we're probably not super close to a peak because everything's still going, like yeah. 20 offers, 15 offers. Yeah. You know, you can look at the absorption rate. In Pittsburgh, we have less than less than a month of inventory in some neighborhoods, which when you look at absorption rate, they consider like six months a balanced market. That wow. means that if no new houses came on the market, all the houses currently listed would sell in six months. Yeah. Um, right now we're seeing less than a month, which is like an Uber seller's market. And there's no sign of that stopping either because like I said, uh, more qualitatively, you just look at your own business. Like every offer I do is multiple offer. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's not, you know, it can't be right there because that's the next thing. And then once you plateau there for a little bit, more and more solo offers, it's a lot less time. But then, once you start to plateau there for a little bit of time, and you can't specifically predict it, then it'll start to dip, and then, you know, depending on the financial situation, more people will step in, or they won't. It depends how fast it goes. So yeah, we'll see
0: what happens. Well, that's a that's a very good bit of info. That, that's yeah, a, that was good.
1: Yeah, Real I good. think that there's a few good things there for both sides because, like you, it seems like you are more familiar with just the macro. Like as a landlord, mostly specific in one area, like I read about it, but I don't, I don't read into it that much because I'm mostly just focused on what does my, what is my market doing? That's, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm in this weird situation where we're obviously in the market in Pittsburgh too, right? We look and we, you know, we own houses. So we're like, wow, this is interesting. Our houses are worth a bunch more. And then I'm visiting my mother for Easter right now. My sister's trying to buy a house in New Jersey she's getting smoked on every offer she makes by like 15% over asking no contingencies and her, her husband's a contractor and they don't even feel comfortable. Like a good, you know, he knows what he's doing, right? He could walk and understand the issue. Then my mother's neighbors tell us they're trying to buy a house. Same story, getting smoked, cash offers, no contingencies, foundation issues. So, and then I have friends in California that are trying to buy us. And I'm just hearing the same story from, like, literally the same story, cash offers, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm it's like, what? Too, everybody. what is going on? And I now, a,
1: yeah, it's nuts.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah. I had a customer uh, get upset with me. And they, they said <laughs> they were going to go a different direction because we, um they just, I don't think they were just realistic about the market. And it's like people get discouraged, and they lost like they they put it in an offer site unseen, and they had like all these contingencies and I told them when they were going into it, I'm like, number one, showings haven't even happened yet. like they're not gonna just accept your offer before yeah. they start showings. number two, you have like a home sale and settlement contingency like what seller is going to accept? your offer when it's contingent on you selling your house and it's not even listed yet. Like your house isn't even on the market yet. Yeah. And I, but then I said like, you know, I, all I can do as a realtor is give you advice. And then if you, right. I'm still going to act on whatever you want, but you know, we put it in, they didn't, they didn't get the house. And they were like, we don't think you fought hard enough for our offer. And I was like, well, Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. I made a case but like them's the breaks and what all that I'll say is like if you're a buyer right now and um, you have a realtor like you know be understanding that they're not miracle workers like I mean you can't just there's things you can do but if you're not going to go all out and take all that advice like it's probably not gonna be a great time for you to find stuff. Like it's just yeah. gonna be tough. You got to waive contingencies. You got to offer over asking. You got to have the best possible financing that you can get. Right. Um. All that sort of stuff. Like, I mean, if we're throwing offers out there with every contingency, and like a VA loan, <laughs> and like every yeah. out clause that exists you're not going to get accepted because there's 15 other people that aren't doing that and that are probably paying more than you. Yeah. So it's like, you got to make, you got to present yourself as being easy to, to close, to work with. And it sucks, but you know, I consider myself pretty decent at negotiating just because I've done it a lot. But I mean, when you have no leverage, there's <laughs> yeah. no, there's no negotiating, there's yeah, no exactly. card you can play. Yeah. So at that point you're just like, you're I got yeah, <laughs> to put it in my best hand yeah. and hope it wins. Yeah, There's no leverage. It's just, you know, if you want to play the game of negotiating and leveraging, you got to find the old listings that have sat for a while or problem properties that aren't selling. Yeah. Then, okay. you know, you can actually go in and negotiate. But if it's a new listing and you want to get it under list price, like don't even, don't even bother it for a few weeks. Like, just see if it's still there. Yeah, agreed.
0: Is, so, yeah. All right, everybody. Well, with that bit of good news. <laughs> yeah. Good luck selling your properties.
1: Benefit is interest rates are low. <laughs> yep. And they'll be low for your 30 year fixed term. So yes. enjoy that. But, yeah. All right. Uh, call us 412 212 8366. We will answer your question on the air. Follow me at 412agent. Follow the show and don't get updated at be free because we are bad on our Instagrams. Um, I post links to the YouTubes now, so you can look at me in all my sweet, uh, poorly budding Italian fisherman mustache. It is um, yinzarier, yeah. yeah, yeah. I should have a yinzarita out here and my Iron City beer hat, Iron um, City. Yeah, drink, drink Iron City it's uh great um and yeah that's that anything else john
0: that's it guys uh what's your your
1: standoff (laughs) yeah
0: if you like the episode uh give it a like and a subscribe we'd appreciate it thanks so much all right see you later